0: You got the motherfucking right to remain violent. Pull up points hiding in my clip. I'll take 25 just to watch your life end. I pray father, for please forgive me for rising. Got the sticks of dynamite and dying to and lightning. everybody to another episode of the Slasher Sanitarium. I am your host, Troy, and today we are tackling the second episode of Netflix series Slasher. Now, a little bit more background on Slasher. It is a Canadian series, as I said in the first episode, and apparently it was originally on Chiller TV, but once that went out of business, Netflix swooped in and said, we can do that. So again, like I said, there are two more seasons of this, one that is currently going on, um, over on Netflix, or just got released over on Netflix. Uh, the second season, I'll figure out if I want to do or not, but we're going to finish the first season. So <clears throat> let's get on with it. Episode two. We start off with a black couple making out in the forest, as you do. In classers, classic slasher fashion, the chick hears a noise and stops with a kissin'. Then her boyfriend creepily says he can do whatever he wants to her, and then tells her only one of them is making out alive. That is a great way to get her wet. He says he loves her, and she hops on his dick. They're lying down, right on top of the kid who got the shit beat out of him by the face by the baseball bat, but he's alive, and he jump scares them, and somehow, despite the fact that last night he disappeared, he's, and he has been apparently... Unconscious this entire time he is not able to only fully move but also sit up and yell for help. So, there you go. Sarah wakes up to see a for sale sign on Verna's lawn. They work fast. Dylan tells her that only three people showed up to the funeral. Those three people apparently did not include Sarah. Nice. Sarah is going to find out how much they are selling the house for because she really likes the real estate where people died inside of it. A doorbell cock Dylan, he opens the door to see Grandma Brenda smoking. So we introduce a grandmother character by having her make a bitchy pose and smoking, but right now she seems cool with Dylan. But that doesn't make any sense, I mean you gotta stick with the cliches. You always have the mother or the grandmother of the main character hate your boyfriend or husband. This that, just seems odd. Dylan says he found baseball bat face in the woods and rushes to go investigate. Verna's nephew uh oh, shit I don't know if I've read his name down I think it's Trevor? Maybe? Doesn't matter. He tells Robin that he better sell Aunt Verna's house for what it's worth. I'm not sure how he's going to do that considering everybody knows that woman got her hands and feet chopped off there. But you know I guess it didn't make any difference for Sarah maybe maybe you know Verna's got a, a daughter or, or a granddaughter or something like that that'd be more than willing to stay and, you know, Grandma Verna's fucking hellhole. Although probably not, considering, well maybe, I mean, if Sarah finds out that she's, you know, Verna's husband's daughter, maybe, who knows. (sighs) Robin catches up with Sarah, and Robin is able to tell what shade of paint she uses, which is a little creepy, whatever. Robin says he's doing what he can, but the house is not going to sell. Robin gives her an invite to a party because, of course, he gives her an invite to a party. That's all this guy has done so far in this series. We get a montage of Sarah putting together her gallery. A crazy chick who lost her daughter waltzes in. She grabs some mail off the counter and asks why Sarah is stealing her mail. Heather's upset because this apparently used to be her shop, but she you know went nuts once her child got taken because clearly her child got taken i I know that they keep saying that like she's just crazy she never had a kid she clearly had a kid so apparently she just kind of ran the business into the ground and she says she's not gonna let sarah and a bunch of homos steal everything they built sounds like you're the one who fucked up um yeah so the realtors gave her like a we're gonna do everything you're we can to save you we're not gonna kick you out and then once those checks stopped clearing, they kicked her the fuck out. Sarah finds a package that contains a letter, which seems wasteful that they used so much packaging for it. The letter reads, men will go into caves of the rocks and into holes of the ground before the terror of the lord and the splendor of his majesty when he arrives to make the earth tremble. Eighty-one, eleven, 45, 3 Nice welcome note. Oh, there's also a severed finger in the package, but she got to that later. Sheriff Vaughn says the package has no post-it on it, so that means that it must have been planted there. Sarah says Heather came by earlier, Nice. and er, Vaughn says Verna had a lot of enemies, and that the killer is using the executioner murders as a smokescreen. Sarah then tries to tell Vaughn how to do his job, and he tells her, don't tell me how to do my job. Sarah, who just loves crime scenes, is in her studio painting. Robin is jerking off to some dude on sextroller.com. Not a joke, he's literally doing that. He's jerking off to some dude online. The power goes out while Robin has his dick in his hand, and the power only seems to be out for him as the rest of the street is lit up. <sighs> you know, Robin, you just you don't want to die with a hapsy. You know, first of all, you look like you were on a laptop, so maybe charge your battery, because... Just because the power went out doesn't mean your laptop should also go out. Second, you got a phone, crank that shit up, crank one out, deal with the power after the fact. But he doesn't. He decides to go or he proceeds to go and check out that his power cord is cut. And the executioner is down the hole and starts doing some cool knife tricks. Robin goes running and then faces his mortal enemy, a chain link fence that he can't seem to get over and gets his arms cut the fuck out before a dude taking out the trash winds up inadvertently saving him. We cut to see Robin is in the hospital sedated while Sarah tells Justin that Heather is a cunt. Justin says that Heather is crazy, but she's harmless. Sarah is talking to Tom again. This episode really jumps around a little bit. She informs him of the attack on Robin because it's important to keep the guy who yanked you out of your mother's stomach while she was... Bleeding to death, abreast of the situation. Tom says he could have killed Alan, but didn't want to. Tom says that the numbers are not Bible verses. They are a geographical location, and it's a spot right out of town. You mean to tell me? That a police officer, a should-be-trained police officer, wasn't able to take one look at that and be like, maybe I should Google this and figure out what it is because all she did was put those numbers quickly in and found the exact spot. (sighs) So, yeah. Tom sees hesitant to want her to go outside alone, in the forest, taking up a dead body. Did I say dead body? That's because it's clearly what she's being led to. But she says, fuck you, I'm going anyways. She finds a cave and instantly trips on a dead body. Crazy, I know. You know, it... She trips on this body so quickly that I feel like you could probably see it from the cave opening. I can still see the cave opening from the shot of the dead body that they have shown there. Now she calls the cops. Vaughn correctly tells her that she's a fucking moron for going to a location that a killer told her to go to. Let me tell you, if there is a person in my neighborhood that's chopping up bodies and shit like that, And then he proceeds to send a fucking dancing barogram to my door saying, please come to the local park. I'm going to be like, fuck, no, I'm not going to the local park because I'm going to die there then. But not for Sarah. She's like, sure. Why don't I fucking waltz on down to the local park? Hopefully you don't kill me. Von uh, or Officer Cam says they found ID on the body. And Sarah tells Vaughn it must have been Peter McBride and that Verna shot him. You know, you're not, you are still a suspect in this bitch, okay? And you're not making it very easy on yourself. Who was the last person to see Verna alive? You. That kid that got the shit kicked out of him? You saw him. Now this body that clearly has been there since before you were born, you were the last person with him. Clearly you have some time travel ability and you have just murdered this man. She tells them that Tom thinks that the killer is murdering people based on the seven deadly sins. That Verna was killed due to wrath and got the Biblical punishment for wrath, which is apparently getting your hands and feet fucking sawed off. Vaughn calls Tom a serial killer, which is... incorrect, alright? He killed two people at one time, alright? That's a premeditated murder, not a spree, not even a serial killing. That's not even a fucking mass killing, bro. Alright, get your shit correct. Tom only had one incident. At, at worst, crime of passion. Okay, that's it. We interrupt this program for hopefully an ad break. Welcome back from that ad break. Hopefully. We get a dramatic reenactment of Dylan's boss showing Verna murdering Peter due to him slamming puss. Brenda tries to run away from Sonia? Some random bitch on the street. Sonia is the mayor's wife. She asks how long she is staying with Rachel. <laughs> Whoops. I didn't mean how long you were staying with your whore of a daughter, and I died. I I meant how long were you staying with the creepy chick that bought her mother's house, despite the fact getting ripped from the room. That's, that's one. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very, very sorry. The camera lingers a bit on Sonia after uh, Brenda swamps off and shows that maybe it was intentional. And Swerve... Brendan and Dylan don't actually get along. Ah, the cliché remains. That's why clichés are there, people. Because it's the only way that terrible writers can come up with new fucking stories. That was air quotes around new, by the way. Sarah asked why Brenda didn't tell her that her parents liked to record her mother getting drilled by random dudes. I wonder why. Granny didn't say, I know that it's your ninth birthday party but I just want to want to let you know that Daddy liked to set up a camera and then have some random dick walk in and go balls deep in your mom. Happy birthday, sweetie. Brenda tries to say that Brian forced Rachel to do it, but Sarah informs Brenda that Rachel sure did seem white enough for it. Brenda reminds Sarah that Tom sliced open Rachel, grabbed Sarah out of Rachel, and then stabbed a machete into her throat so hard it broke off on the floor. <sighs> and Justin gives Robin an iPad or some kind of tablet. Robin says Cam or asks Cam what he bench presses. I wasn't was that a gay thing? I don't know. It was weird. Alan is talking to Tom, which would seem odd, but you know, in this fucking town, you kill someone and yank a baby out of a whore's stomach. Everyone's was willing to forgive that. Tom asks if his scar still hurts. He's not Harry Potter, dude. Like, it's a scar. They have zero wrapping around Robin's arms. No bandages or anything like that, just a couple sandy strips. That's terrible doctoring, all right? Those are open wounds. Justin does a line of coke, because of course he does. Robin starts telling Cam about the housewife show he is watching, calling all of them whores. Robin and I would get along. Some twat says that Justin and Robin are lucky, which Sarah says Robin might not feel that way right now. The power then proceeds to go out at the hospital, and Cam, whose one job it is to watch this dude, takes off. Cam scurries around the hospital before almost shooting a doctor in the face. At least she'd be in the right place for that kind of action. A shadowy figure then walks up to Robin's bed, but Cam tackles him. And despite the fact that the power is out, he's a flower delivery guy, and he has quota to make. The flowers, though, are from the executioner. The it reads to Robin my condolences on your loss. Cam calls in to watch Justin as he is a target, and thankfully vawns at the party, but as soon as he finds Justin, Justin begins to have a fit and foams at the mouth. Justin then bleeds from his mouth, eyes and nose before falling dead. I guess I guess the party's over. The police go to arrest Heather, I don't, I don't think that's enough to arrest her on, do you? I mean, the person who, by the way, was also President Justin's murder, Sarah, that'd be the one you might want to bring in and talk to, okay? Because remember, these murders didn't start till Sarah got to town, and Dylan, Heather's been there for quite a while. So, everyone knows the biblical punishment for sodomy is snorting rat poison, right? But Tom says that punishment for gluttony is to be force fed rats, which, you know, makes sense that a coke fiend would snort rat poison. That's a Grand Canyon sized leap in logic, but sure, sure, rat poison equals rats. Got it. Also, Katie McGrath, the chick who plays Sarah, is from Dublin, and her Irish accent comes out very strong in this scene. She's been good so far. You know, making it doing the American accent. But here, for some reason, it just slips right out. Tom says everyone has a secret. And we see a girl standing on a bridge. in clearly what must have been, like, the 60s, I want to say, by the car. She proceeds to drop a cinder block over the overpass onto someone driving a car. And clearly murdering them. So, good on them for giving us a a nice little cliffhanger here, or bridge overhang, maybe? Sure, whatever. Um, it makes you want to go into the next episode and figure out what the fuck you just watched and who the fuck that was. If it's Sarah, I'm instantly going to say, okay, that's enough. Like, I doubt it will be, because that's our main character. We probably don't want our our main character to be a murderer. We want her to be sympathetic. Um... But, you know, given the timeline, I'm assuming this maybe is Brenda? Or Sonia? it has got to be one of the older characters that we I mean, and we haven't met many the many older women in this show, so it didn't appear as if that it was Rachel, and I don't think the timeline would match up anyways, because it seemed like Rachel was maybe born in the 70s-ish around there. I don't know. I don't know anyone's ages at this point, but... Either way, that is episode two of Slasher, and um, yeah, I want to thank you again for checking us out, and of course, check out our sponsor if we had one, and uh, we will see you again.